Well, we are preaching again on forgiveness, and we have to get this one right. It's a really important uh, topic. It's something very important in the Bible for us to make sure we get it right. Um, I got all sorts of emails and comments this week. They were all good, and I enjoyed seeing so many of them about people talking about being forgiven, giving forgiveness, how God has been so gracious in their forgiveness. And uh, it's interesting. I noticed most of the stories that were sent my way or most of the stories that people talked to me about it's interesting, the people that um, needed forgiveness or we needed to give forgiveness to were in close proximity to us. How many know we have to get this right because the people that hurt us are the people that are closest to us? And the people that we hurt are the people that are closest to us. I mean, I don't need to ask forgiveness right now to the people living in Manitoba. I don't think I've done anything to offend anybody in Manitoba, you know. But how many know that I have to ask forgiveness for people in my family? So we have to get this right, and I absolutely enjoy that we get to continue on this. Um, I will point out a resource. Um, R.T. Kendall wrote a book on total forgiveness and uh, have enjoyed it. I've been reading it, devouring it. I've probably read about eight different books on forgiveness, but that was one that I just wanted to recommend. And he said this. He said, the strangest thing, he said, I would preach on forgiveness, and then two weeks later, I would preach on forgiveness again. It's as if no one ever heard a thing I said. He said, they're just like, I need to forgive. He's like, where were you two weeks ago? He said, I think I could preach on this every week of my life because it's so real. It's where we live. We have to give forgiveness. We have to get forgiveness. And I absolutely love that we can focus in on this. And I will tell you this, it could save someone's life today. And I mean that literally. I mean, it really could save someone's life. Um, I will never forget preaching about forgiveness years ago and a man coming up to me uh, a couple months later and saying, that sermon on forgiveness changed my life. And I said, well, thank you. He goes, no, you, you kept me out of jail. I'm like, well, thank you. you know, and then I, I wasn't asking a lot of questions. How many know? You know I'm just going to let it rest there. He's like, no, you kept me out of jail. I was going to kill my ex-wife. I was like, okay, thank you. Yikes. All right. You know. and, and I said, well, you know, uh, divorces are, are ugly. And he goes, no, I was really going to kill her. I had a whole plan, everything. And then you preached on forgiveness and God forgave me. And then I, I, I got that forgiveness. And he said, and I actually bought, brought her a bunch of stuff that was really hers that I got in the divorce just to be spiteful to her. And he said, I just left it at her doorstep and, and she was shocked. And, and, and he said, and it, and it saved my life and, and her life, you know. And how many know this sermon could save a life today? We could preach on forgiveness every week. So forgiveness is something that um, makes no sense to the world. It doesn't make any sense to the world. It's something, though, that when we give forgiveness, the world takes notice and they're shocked by it. They're shocked by how we could forgive someone that has offended us or hurt us or violated us, sinned against us. They just wonder, how in the world could this happen? And so forgiveness is an absolutely beautiful thing. Now, the Bible has uh, so many verses and stories about forgiveness that will help us today. And um, I want to look at three passages. My plan is to get through all three today and uh, continue to preach on forgiveness, maybe even throughout the year to preach on forgiveness. It's so important for us. Um, but I want, to, I want to get to three passages of Scripture, and I'll read them. If you have your Bibles or if you're doing it digitally, Ephesians 4.32 will be the first one. Then we'll go to Matthew 6. Then we're going to Matthew 18. All right? So Ephesians 4.32, and I'm just going to read these right now without commentary, but these are the three that I want to get to. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Wow, that, that's like a mandate. Okay, Matthew 6, I'm going to read verse 12 and then go to verse 14 and 15. Verse 12 is found in the Lord's Prayer. 
So this is the verse. It says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then it says in verse 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Pretty serious stuff here. And then Matthew 18, um, I was only going to read a couple verses, but I'll go ahead. I want to read the the whole uh, story here. In Matthew 18, starting in verse 21, it says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Or some translations say 70 times seven. And then there's the story. It says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with servants. With his servants, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused and said he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, in, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Some very, very serious scriptures, very great stories. And um, when I, I want to start with one thing here from that last verse that we just read. You have to forgive people from your heart. And um, how many know forgiveness is already so hard? And then God says it's got to be from your heart. It's like it's already so hard. He's like, you, you've got to forgive them from your heart. And I have noticed a progression in my life, and I'll share it with you where I fully understood to forgive people from my heart. And, and I'm just like you, when people have hurt me, um, my first response is to not want to offer forgiveness. It's my first response, not want to offer forgiveness. I, I'm offended, I'm hurt, they've done something. Actually, my first response is I want to tell everyone what they did to me. How many, you know? And then I start thinking how I'm gonna pay them back. And then somewhere in there, the Holy Spirit stops me from being me, right? And he says, you can't do that. You can't do that. And I start to feel the conviction, I need to forgive them, but I don't want to forgive them because I'm human just like you. And I start saying to God, like, they hurt me. And, and, and if I forgive them, it just lets them off the hook. And it's not fair to me. And so uh, if, if, if I forgive them, who's going to fix this problem? I mean, who's going to fix it? Somebody should write a book with that title. Anyways, you know, I, it, it's God's problem. How many know that all of a sudden they says, it's my problem. I'm going to fix this one. I've got this. And I'm reminded of Romans 12, 19. It says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. So I moved from not forgiving and then I moved to what I would call not really forgiving, but acting like I was forgiving. And it was like, go get them forgiving. Yeah. I started to realize that God says he's gonna get them. And so if I forgive him, he'll get them. And I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> go get them, you know? 
forgive them and get them. And, and so I, I was like, you know, you could probably do a better job. You have way more weapons than I do. You have plagues. I'd like to suggest a few. <laughs> Send them to their address, you know, right? And the whole time that they're being tormented, I can just be like, not me, not me. It's God, you know, <laughs> I forgave you, right? And how many of you know that's not from your heart? Right. It's not good enough. Not good enough. We have to get to where we forgive them from our heart. And this is harder. And I've learned this. It sometimes takes a couple times. It's like the initial forgiveness, then it's the revenge forgiveness, and then it's like, I really forgive you, and then like, I really, really forgive you. How many know? And it just keeps going layer after layer after layer. And I start to forgive them from my heart, and I realize, wait a minute, I've been forgiven of so much. Lord, this is yours. Fix it. Lord, heal it. Lord, uh, I want you to restore this. I want you to be glorified in this. Ultimately, Lord, I want you to be glorified in this. I want this to be taken care of so that this, so you can look good to this whole world and so that this being healed will be good for you and, and good for me and good for everyone in this. And God, it's for your glory and for your honor. I, whatever you can do to bring people to you, I want to forgive them. And, and I don't start gloating over them. And I start really, honestly, I start praying for them and I desire, and I'm almost like cheering for their return, cheering for their forgiveness, cheering for this to be restored. And that's what I know that I've forgiven from the heart. And so that's the progression for me. And um, I'm praying that you can get there. And, and I'm hoping that that transparency of, of, of saying, like, I, I have to work through that progression and get to that point where I'm like, no, Lord, no, it's, it, it's really for your glory. I honestly forgive them. And I'm telling you, it's like a switch happens in my heart. When I've forgiven them from my heart, all of a sudden, when I see them, I'm not like, Ugh. I'm like, oh, come on, come on. Let's, let's get this right. Come on. And, I, and it's, I'm leaning in instead of pulling away. Now, Ephesians, I'll, I'll look at these three scriptures and we'll, we'll fly through this. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And in, Ephes in Ephesians 4, really, Paul is saying like, okay, God forgave you. God forgave you and, and he's forgiven you of so much. Follow his example and, and forgive other people. Perfect God is forgiving imperfect people. Now, imperfect people forgive one another. And he's reminding us of the gap. He's like, do, do you remember? Like the gap is so big between God and you in the forgiveness that he did. Like it's really small between you and these other people. Forgive each other. And he's saying, mind the gap. Have anybody ever been to London and you ride on the tube and, and you're standing there and you're waiting for the train tube to come by and you hear him, mind the gap. They say it so many times, like you leave London, you're like, mind the gap, mind the gap. And, and I noticed this, like it must have impressed upon me years ago because show a picture of the underground tube. Show a picture of that. I think they got a picture. All right. And then show a picture of the river. Look at that. I mean, I think I was inspired when I went to London, like. What's that all about? All right. So you're standing there in the tube, like, mind the gap. And what they're trying to say is the distance between you and the train could be significant and you could fall in. And they're saying, mind the gap. Pay attention because there's a distance here and the distance is big enough that it could lead to problems. And I want to tell you right now, mind the gap. Ephesians 4 is saying, mind the gap. Pay attention. This gap was so big. This gap is so small. Mind the gap and give forgiveness. Mind the gap and give forgiveness. And so when we see this, again, God's forgiving perfect God to humanity. And he's saying, you're just 
forgiving human to human. It could never be as much as what I forgive. It could never, it could never come close to this gap. So give it to one another and be able to mind that gap and give forgiveness. All right. So turn to your neighbor and say, God makes it easy for me to forgive you, jerk. No, don't put the jerk in there. Just say, God makes it easy for me to forgive. The gap, the gap makes it easy for me to give you. All right. Here's another thing. It's really saying too, anything you have to do is built on God's forgiveness. You're not doing this on your own. Like God's already done the, the heaviest possible lifting and it's the bedrock, it's the foundation and your forgiveness is just this little tiny forgiveness on top of this big foundation of forgiveness. And he's saying, you can do it. You can give forgiveness to one another because if God could forgive you because of Christ's sake and he could do that for you, then you can do it for other people. Mind the gap, mind the gap. Now the second one, Matthew chapter six. In each of these, we could just go a whole week on each scripture, but Matthew chapter six, verse 12 again, in the Lord's prayer, all right? It's saying, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Now I wanna let you know that the New Testament uses five different words for sin. Five different words for sin. And the one that's used for sin here is the word debt. It means a failure to pay that which is due, a failure of duty. So he's saying literally, like literally this is how you would interpret this. And you would say, forgive us our sins in proportion as we forgive those who have sinned against us. That's, that's the word. That debt word there is a sin word debt. And he's saying, forgive us our sin debt in the same proportion that we forgive other people. Pretty serious stuff. Pretty serious stuff. It would almost make us pause when we pray it, like, do you really mean it? If you remember when we had Bob Goff here and he was speaking for us and I was standing next to him during worship and he said, there's certain songs I don't sing. And I was like, do you not like them? He goes, I'm not sure I can live up to the words. And he goes, I'm not singing unless I'm 100% in. You know, and, and basically he didn't sing. He just sign language. You know, anyways, he just, he just, okay. But it's like, if we pray this, God, forgive us our sins in proportion as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lord, this is serious stuff. And then verse 14 and 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Wow. Wow. Now I want to be clear. You can't earn heaven because you forgive other people. You can't earn heaven because like, well, I forgave them, so now I get in. Okay. You still have to ask God to forgive you of your sins. But he's showing us like, you didn't make the transaction then. You're not understanding this. Like, don't you understand that if God has forgiven you, you have to give Forgiveness to other people. It's part of the deal. He's not just fire insurance. He's your Lord and Savior. And that means you need to obey him, follow him, do what he says, even when it's difficult. That's what it means. And he's saying, like, if you're not forgiving, like, you don't trust. Like, how can you trust him to save you for, for eternity if you're not willing to forgive these people and trust him in this area? You have to trust him. You have to, matter of fact, so much of our walk with Jesus is trusting him, trusting him and trusting him. We're like, oh, I, can't, I don't know if I can trust you. Yes, you can. He's your Lord. He's your savior. He's forgiven you of your sins. Now trust him. 
So we trust God and we say, God, I, I, I will forgive them. I want to forgive them. And if you've forgiven me and I'm really your child and I'm really following you, I forgive you and I trust you. And when you forgive other people, you're saying this, Jesus, you know more than I know about this situation, so I give it to you. You're saying, Jesus, I trust that you will bring justice. And, and if you're lenient with them, good, because I want you to be lenient with me too. Okay, but I know you'll bring justice, okay? And I'm not trying to get them. I'm trusting you in this, and I'm going to give forgiveness. We, 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 are, we are saying, Jesus, I trust you. Even though I don't understand this, I want to be obedient. Do you know there's a lot of things in the Bible I don't understand all the angle of why God says it, but I obey it. I'm like, I don't understand how that works, but I, I'm going to do it. I don't understand that. I'm going to obey it. And so when you do that, you're saying, God, I trust you. And when you say you trust him, he truly is your Lord and Savior. So he's just, we're, we're giving forgiveness. We're doing this. And we're saying, God, I, I want to give forgiveness. And I thought about how many different ways I could say this with just inflection. Like, if you're not giving forgiveness, you're not getting it. If you're not giving forgiveness, you're not getting it. You know, I mean, think about it. If you're not, if you're not giving forgiveness, come on. If you've been given forgiveness, give forgiveness. And that's the way we need to do it. See, without forgiveness, there's no freedom. There's no freedom. You will be bound. Somebody said, you know, living in unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. You know, that's how you're living. You know, all right, there's no freedom. Without forgiveness, there's no recovery. There's no healing. You're going to be wounded. Without forgiveness, there's no reconciliation. And it's beautiful when forgiveness goes all the way to reconciliation. And not every forgiveness scenario gets to reconciliation, but that's incredibly beautiful when it does. But without forgiveness, we can never get to reconciliation. Without forgiveness, we're, we're sinning against our, our loving Heavenly Father, and we're saying, I know better than you, and I don't want to follow you, and I don't want to do what you say, and I want you to withhold what you have for me. Without forgiving, we get bitter and we walk around angry and angry. And I know that I've shared it before, but I, I just feel prompted to share it again. And for those of you that heard, I, I was sitting on a plane next to this lady and she said she was covered head to toes, head to toe with tumors and growths and different things. And, and she said, I'm going to Mexico to get like advanced treatment and I'm trying to, nobody in America will do it. We're trying to get rid of these tumors. And the more she talked to me, she's like, you know, I just, I, I, this is my life and I, I hate my life. And it started with me hating my parents and I hate them and I can never forgive them. And I, and I just said, Finally, after she talked about how many people she hated and she hated her ex and she hated her boss and she hated her parents. And I'm th I just said, do you think maybe like some of the hate is manifesting in these tumors and these things and, and like some of your unhealthiness is like, don't, wouldn't it be great if you could forgive them and like maybe be free and get healing? And she goes, I will never forgive them. And it was almost like she wanted to die with tumors than forgive the people that hurt her. God help us. That we, we've got to give forgiveness. We don't want to get bitter. We don't want to withhold what God has for other people. We don't want to get that poison in us. We give Satan an open door when we don't forgive. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Paul's saying this. He's saying, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. He says, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. He's like, come on, I'm forgiven, you're forgiven, we're taking care. Let's, let's not be ignorant. 
The devil's trying to keep us living in unforgiveness. And when we live in unforgiveness, then all of a sudden we get, he's like outsmarting us and the church looks ugly and Jesus looks ugly. And do you understand? And, and it doesn't communicate God to the world. And he's saying, let's not be ignorant. Let's not get outsmarted by the devil. Let's give forgiveness. Let's seal this up. Matthew 6, Matthew 6, it's, um, again, Matthew 6 says, forgive us our sins in proportion. The literal thing would be, forgive us our sins in proportion as we forgive those who have sinned against us. You get forgiveness and you give forgiveness. We're going to get it and we're going to give it. All right, third scripture, Matthew 18, Matthew 18. And um, I got to say this, this is how I was studying this week, I was like, I just kind of was thankful for Peter's questions, you know? Peter's like always asking questions. Some of them are good, some of them are really stupid, you know? And I was like, I think he's kind of like the guy in class that asked the teacher a question and you're kind of like, I was thinking that. And then the teacher says, great question. You're like, oh, I should have said it, right? And then the other times the teacher goes, that was really dumb. And you're like, oh, I didn't think that, you know? That's it again, okay. So Peter's like, how many times, Lord, do we need to forgive other people? People that have done us wrong, how many times do we need to do that? Now, you got to understand, why would he come up with seven? Why would, he, why would he even come up with seven? Why would that even be a number that was brought up? Okay, if you know the culture of the day and you do any study on this, you could find this out. The, the rabbis would teach this. They taught that you had to forgive somebody three times. Now, they drew this from the book of Amos because in the book of Amos, there's like three times of forgiveness. And on the fourth time, God judges them. So they're like, okay, three times you're good, four strikes, you're out. So they had four strikes. Three times you're good, four strikes, you're out. Okay, so four, three was what you had to do. And here's the thing. The rabbis thought none of us is any more forgiving God than God. We couldn't be more perfect than God. And so if it looks like from Amos that it's three times and the fourth time you're in trouble, then we couldn't be any more forgiving than God. So three times is the most like that God would expect of anybody to forgive anyone. And so Peter must have been thinking of that. And if he's looking at Jesus the way that we see Jesus in the Bible, he's thinking Jesus is like kind of raising the bar. Jesus is taking it up another notch. Like, what do I got? He's like double as good as we thought. You know, like, I don't know if that's even good. Let's go seven. Seven times. So he's probably thinking, how many times do I need to forgive somebody that hurts me and does wrong against me? Seven times. And he's just waiting. He's just waiting. I think he was hoping for like, whoa, Peter, not that many. Three, three's the limit. Good call. I mean, you're really generous, Peter. (laughs) Really generous, really. Or or he's at least hoping for like, well done. That's a good number. Let's go with seven. Peter, get more than no. But he doesn't even come close. He doesn't even come close. I mean, and again, some translations of the Bible say 70 plus seven, like 77 times. Some say 70 times seven. And I don't think God was worried about whether it was 77 or 490. I think it's saying unlimited. Unlimited. Stop keeping track. Stop keeping track. Give forgiveness all the time. How many know forgiveness is very hard to do? And then God says, you got to do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. So I just want to be clear on what forgiveness is. We've talked about forgiveness a lot, and I want to be clear. And uh, I, I, I went to Webster. I thought, all right, I'm going to make sure you understand. And it said, forgiveness is the act of forgiving. And then I was like, thank you, dictionary, very little. All right. <laughs> so then I looked up forgiving. 
And forgiving says, willing or able to forgive. Once again, thank you very little. So that I went to forgive. And it said, forgive, to cease to feel resents, resentment against an offender, to grant relief. And the Greek literal meaning, all right, you're totally going to get distracted when I say this, but the Greek literal meaning of forgiveness is let it go. And you all went to Frozen right there. Let it go, let it go. All right. If it helps you, for, if it helps you remember forgiveness, I'm for it. All right. Let it go. All right. That's what it means. Let it go. Let it go. You're letting it go. You're saying, I'm not holding this against you anymore. A, a retired pastor, I saw this on one of his sermons, and I, I thought this was so good. He said, here's a, a biblical definition of forgiveness. Each of these parts comes from a passage of Scripture. He said, when you forgive, you resist thoughts of revenge, Romans 12, 19. When you forgive, remember, we're letting it go. You resist thoughts of revenge, Romans 12, 19. You don't seek to do them mischief, 1 Thessalonians 5, 15. You don't seek to do them mischief. He says, you wish well to them, Luke 6, 28, which says, bless those who curse you. He said, you wish well to them. You grieve at their calamities, which is Proverbs 24, 17. It says, do not rejoice when your enemy fails and do not let your heart uh, be glad when he stumbles. Okay, so you're grieving at their calamities. You're gonna pray for them, which is found in Matthew 5, 4. Uh, forgiveness means to seek reconciliation with them, which is in Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. And he says, be always willing to come to their relief. And he talks about Exodus 23, 4, that if you see your enemy's ox fall into a ditch, save the ox. Come on, help him out, even though he's your enemy. I mean, he said, if you do all this, this is like forgiveness. This is forgiveness. That's a great definition. We're going to let it go. We're going to say, we're going to let this go. Man, unless you forgive a brother from your heart, man. So in the story in Matthew 18, Peter's like, how many times? 70 Jesus like unlimited, unlimited. And then he goes and tells us the story that I read earlier. I read it because I wanted you to fully understand it. And I want to just put the, the, really Jesus is saying, he's trying to illustrate the gap. He's trying to illustrate the gap. Okay, he's saying, mind the gap and give forgiveness. Mind the gap. And he says, the first guy owes an amount that's equal to 10,000 bags of gold. And the other guy owes an amount that's equal to 100 silver coins. And they would have understood it in this way. They would have understood that the one guy could have carried the money in his pocket and taken it out and says, I'm sorry, here's my debt. It could have been carried in his pocket. But they figured out that in order to carry the bags of gold that Jesus was talking about, the amount of money there... Somebody figured this out. They said it would have taken 8,600 soldiers, each carrying a 60-pound bag, to pay back the debt. One guy can carry it in his pocket. The other guy has 8,600 soldiers, which would be five miles long, carrying bags of gold. 8,600 versus money in a pocket. And Jesus is saying, mind the gap. Mind the gap. The gap's so big. 8,600 soldiers carrying a 60-pound bag of gold, and that's how much God has forgiven you, and then you won't forgive somebody what they could carry in their pocket. Wow. He's like, mind the gap. Come on. You have been forgiven of so much. Remember the gap and forgive. Yes. 
Remember the gap and look like God. There's no limit to your forgiveness. Keep forgiving because God has forgiven you. And don't forgive with a get them attitude. Forgive them with an attitude that says, God, it's for your glory and for your honor. I want to forgive them. I want to place them in your hands. I pray for reconciliation. I pray for this to turn out for your glory and for your honor. The gap was so big. I'm minding the gap and I'm giving forgiveness in Jesus' name. I'm giving forgiveness in Jesus' name. Man, mind the gap. Mind the gap. It's huge. And may we forgive from our heart in Jesus' name. God, forgiveness is so hard. It's so difficult. And there's no way we could do it if it wasn't for the fact that you set the example. There's no way. There's no way. And I love that you, your forgiveness, Father, Heavenly Father, your forgiveness for Christ's sake coming towards us. We didn't deserve it. And, And yet you offered that forgiveness. Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Nobody was sorry in that moment. Nobody was apologizing. Nobody was even asking. And yet he said, I want to forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. God, the gap is so big. It's so big. And I'm praying that we'd mind the gap. We'd be thankful for the forgiveness that's been given to us. And we'd give forgiveness to other people. The gap is so huge. So God, help us. Help us to give small forgiveness to one another because we've been given such a great forgiveness from you. Thank you, God. Help us to mind the gap and give forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.